0: Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode of the Empire Builders podcast, I'm joined by the co-founder of the HDY, got that wrong in the first take, marketing agency and also the host of the Heart Radio Drive Time. Yes, Mr. Ed James. Hello. How are you? Really well. Great to meet you. I'm you, Um, mate. I'm I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation here uh, about all things content creation, marketing, broadcasting. Um, As I said before we recorded, I'm really nosy, which means I'm probably going to ask you loads of random questions. If there's anything you don't feel like you want to answer, just tell me to shut up. I'm more than okay with that. the first thing I want to ask, you've been broadcasting on radio a very long time. Thank you. Well, I'm not sure that was a compliment. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not sure it was um, a compliment. It was more of a statement of <laughs> truth, of fact. But um, why a marketing agency? That seems quite random to me.
1: Well, I guess, yeah. So I've been on Heart for 20 20- years one years now on breakfast, first of all, and now on drive time. Congratulations. Thanks very much indeed. That was the compliment. That was the compliment, yeah. 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 Um, And I've always thought, there's a lot of people who do what I do and they almost sit in an ivory tower and they broadcast to an area. But I kind of go, well, if you're going to broadcast to an area, you need to understand the area, know how it ticks and just know, I'm like you, I like to know things. Yeah. yeah. I'm nosy. So you've got to just meet everyone you can really so through my work at heart I just got to know everybody from the TV hosts from the mayor to the council to people who ran things and over the years I just I got a black book of pretty much the entire region. And then off the back of that, I was asked if I know anyone who could put a stage in or I could host something or could, right. who could get, get, get them in the paper. It, it all just became a, hang on, this is a business because I'm handing all this out for free because I've got it, so why couldn't I create a business off the back of it? So that's yeah. that's effectively ha- how it started. And when, when did it start, uh, uh Well, the first one was Ed James Group, and that was with a uh, former business associate, um, and we had a, a bit of a... For Fallout, which
0: is okay. part and parcel of business, right? 100%.
1: And and then H, uh, H, HDY started just over five years ago. So okay, it's cool. just over five years
0: old. I should know this, but I couldn't find it on the website. Maybe I didn't look hard enough. HDY stands for... How do you? Ah.
1: How do you reach an audience? How do you grow your business? Nice. How do you attract new clients? Uh, and Yeah, and we, and the idea was it was the agency that asked the questions rather than answered them. Obviously you do okay. answer them ultimately, but life's about questions. And if you're not asking and if you're not learning and if you're not inquisitive, yeah. then there's no point.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of our audience, we've got a, a real mixture of like early stage, almost startup businesses um, uh, coupled with, you know, established long running businesses that have in some cases got, you know, multi-million pound in revenues and large teams. What what advice from a content marketing perspective, what advice would you give or are you giving right now mm. to let's talk about the kind of early stage startup businesses first? What advice would you give them?
1: In terms of what? In terms of like
0: how what is the best way for somebody who's let's say they're a new business, an yeah. early stage business, what is the best way for them to build brand, build awareness using content marketing in 2023. Just, I
1: well, I think the first step is know who you are, know yeah. what what you stand for, and it's amazing the amount of people who who don't, and they they assume who they are, and then they assume people will know who they are. No, you've got to really have a sense of self first. So there's a lot yeah. of internal work that, that that's done, and we work with a lot of brands who kind of go, we know who we are, we know where. Our audiences. So we want to do this campaign on TikTok. And it's like, whoa, hang on. You've got to start way back here. You've got to really understand actually what you stand for, who your all your audience is, then where your audience is yeah. and what you wanna tell them. And what you wanna tell them varies depending on which channel you use yes. and which channel your audience. So it's just it, it's an insight job, and a, a lot of people wanna to rush to this is my brand. Let's just get the brand out there. And then what happens as an agency, if we allow that to happen, is we then get a call going, it hasn't worked. It's like, (laughs) yeah, because you've not understood who you stand for and where the people you're trying to reach are. So I guess it's that, I think, really understanding who your audience is first, understanding the brand side of it, and then the channels come out of that. And I think it's And it's just an interesting time. And uh, again, we talk to a lot of clients because it's just, and and this is the interesting bit. This is where it feeds back to being on air as well, because everyone's time poor. So you've really got to get people's attention and you've really got to get them in the fields as well. Because as you know, you're bombarded by information all the time from the minute you wake up um, on Twitter or X. it's called now or tiktok or whatever there's just and and the news at the moment is a spiral of doom and gloom and it's it's heavy we're just bombarded by stuff so unless you're clear about your brand and what you stand for and
0: you try and cut through all that noise you're not going to get heard so you've been 20 plus years broadcasting my guess is you've got quite good at being able to impact people really quickly get their attention and keep it um you know I'll confess, I'm one of those people who, on the rare occasion when I'm listening to the radio, I'll flip through.
1: Everyone does. Yeah, everyone so, does. So you've got to grab them straight away; yeah. otherwise, they'll go.
0: So, so uh, you know, you've been doing this 20 plus years, um, and by the way, I suspect you're doing it in quite a cutthroat industry where, really if you through. can't get and keep the attention, yeah. you're gone. You're not going to keep your job for very long. <laughs> yes. um, so, uh, for, for myself and and maybe you know some of the uh, some of the listeners who. Our content creators. Yeah. Um, you know, I do this through podcasting and through speaking on stage. Equally, a lot of our audience will build their YouTube channels, they'll be doing um, reels or they'll be doing uh, stories on, on Instagram or, or things on TikTok. Like, what are some of the keys or what, what are some of the best ways you know to really grab them, get their attention quick? You know, you said sometimes you've got to like hit them in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how, does, how does somebody go about doing that quickly? Um, a lot
1: of it is the context. So, so ju- just to kind of, and it's a value exchange, isn't it? So if I'm going to give you my time, what am I going to get back from that? What is the value I get for investing my time? So if you've got, so for example, this podcast, um, if, you're going to, if, you, if you're going to invest half an hour, what am I going to learn? What's the information I can use? Because everybody is selfish. What can I take to make my business or my life better? And that goes for all pieces of content. And that goes for every time we open the, the mic on air as well. So we, we kind of go, you're in your car. You've got loads of other stations that you can flick from. Yeah. You're probably here for the music, not for me. So I need to make sure as soon as I speak, I'm going, oh, my God, you will not believe what such and such has said. Or you will not believe that this is the best way to improve your relationship. All of a sudden, people are going, well, I want to know that. Of course, I do. So you get hold of them in an emotional way mm. and make them stay locked in, and that's the same with any piece piece of content. People make a decision so quickly; um, the attention span is so small. That like we're actually our attention span. This is a stat I love. I I, I really enjoy to to share the human attention span is now shorter than that of a goldfish. <laughs> and I love that. So, But that's the world where we are now. So you've just got to get them straight away with something that will improve their life.
0: Something you just said that really stood out for me, um, and it was actually not like, here's how you get their attention. It's more a belief or a mindset you have. Um, and you said that your belief is they are listening for the music, not for you. Yes, they are. Um, it would be really easy for somebody with 20 years plus broadcasting experience Mm. to go, like, I am an absolute legend. (laughs) They are tuning (laughs) in Which is true, obviously. Of course it is. But it would be really easy for you to say that. And what what meaning I give that is, um, the greater sense of humility you have, the more attractive you become. Um, Because if you run your show every day with the belief or the mindset that they are here for the music, they are not here for me, you're not going to make it all about no. you. You're going to make it about the music and about them. Yes, and I think that's something that uh, I definitely notice. It's it's clear when you um, you know watch some content online or, or listen to podcasts. You can sense when the content creator is creating for themselves. Hundred percent is when they're creating
1: for the audience. And there are some big hosts that do just that. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I hear
1: it, and I go, "You're asking questions." Because you want to know the answer. You should be asking questions because the audience yeah. need to know. Yeah. And actually, you can spot that by how, how many times you hear the word you versus the word I. Yeah. And that's the first thing you learn by being on air. You always go, how are you feeling? Have you ever noticed? What do you think about? If it's all, I got up this morning and I did this. It's a barrier straight away. And that goes for a, a radio show or a podcast. Or, or for content as well. I mean, it's all the same, but if it's aimed at the audience, the audience will engage way more than if it's just you spouting off.
0: Yeah. I know that you've worked through your uh, content marketing agency. You've worked with some big, big organizations, yes. some some big brands. Um, and I suppose, you know, your advice uh, for, for the kind of earlier stage business around really understanding themselves, understanding your yeah. audience, uh, and then creating content accordingly. Um for the bigger brands, that they already have recognition. They already yes. have an audience. They are already yes. established. Like, what, what different advice are you giving or would you give to them? And what I'm thinking about is we have a mix of people listening. Some are early yeah. stages, yeah. some startups. Some are more established. Some are bigger companies. Um, I suppose we would probably sit somewhere in the middle. So yes. I'm kind of keen to get input from you. Um, this is selfish, by the way, to go, <laughs> that's hey, fun. I've got you here. If you had the Expert Empires brand, yeah. what would you be doing? It's already established in the marketplace, but like, what would you be doing to amplify it even more?
1: I always come back to it's stories. Yep. and It's it's about how you tell stories. And that that's what I love because it's a leveler, really. No matter how big your brand is, we've been learning stories and we've been hearing stories since we were born. Here's the thing. Everyone gets hung up, I think, a little bit on brand and content and engagement, but actually it's people. Mm -hmm. What you're doing, no matter what part of it you play, you're talking to people. We are talking to people. On air, I'm talking to people. When we do a campaign, we're trying to talk to and make someone feel something. And people overlook that and people overcomplicate it. And all that is, is stories. So when we're born, we tell our kids stories. We're doing the same thing. What story, or what's the story of your brand? So we're doing some work with 7Trent right, right now. So they are a water utilities company, but they do so much in the, in the charity space and they want to make the region a better place. Now, that's story. So you could go, here's our water, it's clean, it's whatever. But that doesn't engage with people. What does engage with, with people, that they care about where they live, they care about who else lives there, they care about making people's lives better. That's a story. So you just have to work out how best to tell
0: that story so it really hit, hits people and lands. Um, so you mentioned 7 Trend you're working with at the moment. What, what's, one of the, what's the most impactful campaign, in your opinion, that your, that your agency or company's been part of, been, uh, has created over the years? Um
1: two spring to mind, um, and they're both... Yeah, so one was um, a thing called Dear Brum. So Bur- Birmingham's poet laureate, Casey Bailey, um, did a really well-known piece a few years ago called Dear Brum, which is his love letter to our city, effectively. Um, and we reworked that as a piece of content just before the Com Games. Oh, nice. um, and, I mean, he's a genius, but we... We brought that to life, so we kind of shot that, and we pro- projected almost his thoughts inside him. so when you when you saw him talk about his love of our city and what and, and the history, both good and bad, it's a hugely emotive piece. You actually saw what he was thinking displayed. we almost did did like a green screen, but on on him, so it looked like the emotion was coming out of him, and he talked about. The rivers of blood, and we talked about some really hard stuff. But then looked at the future of the city and where where we were heading. That was really powerful because it was of the city at a time where the Com Games were about to come and the world's eyes were on us. So that that was a really nice piece. The other one, which we're all really proud of in the agency, didn't have a client, and that's what I love when you get a team of people who love what they do and they want to make a difference. We did a piece called Hands Against Hatred, and there was a guy who was attacked in the gay village in Brum he was glassed for no reason apart from he was walking down the street holding hands with his husband and and he was attacked and there was a massive outcry understandably in Brum but what we did we launched a campaign called hands against hatred where we encouraged people just to hold hands and um, the the impact and the shares and the reach that that had was huge but again what made it so powerful I think it wasn't that there that, that wasn't a client attached. It yeah. was just we felt really strongly about it. It was something horrendous happening where we live. And through creativity, we were able to do something that made people feel something. So, th- those kind of things, I think, are the sweet spot. Uh,
0: and um, with the um, Hands Against Hatred, what yeah. it's called, um, how were you able to utilize your broadcasting in? Amplifying that, if at all, or is it a standalone campaign?
1: No, we, talk, we talked about it on air, um, and I, I shared it on my... In fact, it's the most liked LinkedIn post I've ever done and oh. the most lang- l- liked Instagram post I've ever done as well. And, and, yeah, and I'm trying to think, yeah, because, I don't know, it's, it's easy to... And, again, this is a, re- a really interesting one. You have, to, you have to have a point of view and an opinion if you want to stand out. And actually, the world's a crazy place at the moment because people are getting cancelled, and there's and there's a fear of well if i if I have this opinion i and I stand but by it, what will happen? But actually, that's the only way you've got to have a belief that you stand for and stand proudly for it, and that's how people can identify you, so yeah, I'm trying to do more of that at the moment, but it's but it's interesting that when you have something that you hold. Dear, and you share it a lot of people they 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 get what you're trying to say and that's a really powerful thing actually and that goes for brands as well i mean there's a brand what do you stand for and actually embrace that and turn up that bit rather than trying to to hide and the days of being all things to all people are over so and again it kind of goes back to what i was saying
0: earlier who are you own that be proud of it and communicate Yeah, you you said um, a few times you know the world's a crazy place. You you probably have greater insight than most because you know through broadcasting you meet anybody and everybody. As you said, you know um, people that work in, of course, our city. You know one of the one of the reasons I wanted Ed on the show is you know your of course you've got a massive amazing insight into our city. Yeah, you know I'm Birmingham born and bred, um, and also you know you've you've got marketing agency which of course makes this really relevant for our, our audience as well you've said a few times you know the world's a crazy place right now it is what 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 are you what are you seeing i'd like to hear from both points of view like as a business owner yeah like what trends what patterns are you seeing right now what challenges are you seeing um what solutions are you finding and also i'd just like to hear like on a broader scale when you think about the world at large you know the economy yeah. um politics you know, these are areas that I guess, as a broadcaster, you need to understand all of them. Yes, and you also really need to understand the person who's listening, which could be anybody. Yes. So I just want to hear some of your current thoughts on the economy, on politics, on the world. Like, how do you see it? Well, it's a shit show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad you turned into this positive podcast? It's gonna. No. Give so here's the great thing. News. Here's
1: the thing. I I'm
0: an optimist,
1: and I always yes. have been, and and I think I annoy people because I always think. Everything will be all right. I genuinely do. And I've done a lot of NLP work and I'm, yeah. You, yeah. And it's about you attract what you think about yeah. and what your brain can see is normally what happens. Yeah. So if your brain goes, it's all fucked, there's no point. Well, guess what? That's the path you will walk down because what you see in your mind will become a reality effectively. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, but. To answer, I think, part two of your question, the world's hard at the moment. The world is really hard. And I'm trying to not watch as much news now and not expose myself to as much news. Which you kind of can't avoid. Which I can't your, do, because your... every hour, there's a news bulletin yeah. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a cycle of, God, if you look at it, if you look at the past few years when we've been through Brexit and then all the, obviously, COVID and the lockdowns and then the war... And then, the, and then the cost of living crisis. It's no wonder people are struggling because actually it's just hard. It's hard to pay your bills and your expenses. Everything is more expensive than it's ever been. And the news has never been as, as, as morbid as it is now. So it affects people. So from the on-air side of things, I'm speaking to people who are finding it tough. Um, and we've just got to... Get, get through this i i've got no doubt it'll improve and everything's a cycle but it's tough at the moment and i do feel for people who who are struggling
0: and i think you know that speaks to what you mentioned earlier which is you, you've got to know your audience yeah and you you are aware that most of the people who are tuning into your show yeah are struggling suffering everyone is struggling and and way. i think this is probably one of my biggest blind spots is because I'm so optimistic, yeah. because I'm a business owner and entrepreneur, I'm always thinking bigger, better. Yes. Um, sometimes I can miss the mark right. okay. because not everyone sees it that way. But yeah. that I'm so convicted in my belief yeah. that Which is good. we can create our own reality yeah. and we're in charge of our financial circumstances and we can take control of our health and the quality of our relationships yeah. and all of that. I'm also aware that that yeah. probably alienates my audience a little bit sometimes. How, how do you create that? What do you think how do how do we create that balance? It's about being
1: real, I think. So, a brand like Heart, our strap line is feel good, and that's what it's about. Our music is that, our competitions, our entertainment, yeah. it's all very positive. And pre-lockdown, that absolutely was absolutely right because that's where everybody was. Everyone was optimistic and everything's fine. And then actually, it became really important. And our audience told us that we were fantastic and we were great for them in that time because it was a lonely time and a scary time. So to have a friend on air really helped. We've kind of gone through both of those times and now we're in this period where things are tough. So if you turn on a radio show and hear, hey, everything's great, you're going to go, fuck off. It's not great. (laughs) But it's about being real but also optimistic. It's about, it's about that, I think. It's about right now, things are okay in terms of, and that's why I'm a big fan of being in the moment because actually right now, your anxieties are in the future. So let's try and plant ourselves in the moment and remember that there's no threat in the here and now. Anxiety is just fear of what could go wrong in the future. So if you bring it back to now, everything is all right. Um, I as, suppose trying to do that.
0: I suppose from an NLP perspective, it's pacing and leading the yes. audience. Yeah. Um, I guess the only challenge I have for that is what about the pattern interrupt yeah. that gets their attention? <laughs> it's kind of like you can't have both. but yeah. like We want to pace and lead, we want to meet the audience where they're at yeah. and then help them become more optimistic. Yes. But equally, Interesting. like if we're too vanilla, and yes. Then, then we don't get their attention in the first place. Exactly. And, you know, I've got a lot of um, friends who, who are content creators. Um, and the way they influence is through pattern interrupts. Yes. Like everything is a pattern a- absolutely, interrupt. Absolutely, yeah. The first thing that comes out of their mouth on the video will, like, slap you around the face. You've
1: got to do that because that's yeah. how to get uh, attention. Yeah. And I guess part of that is, is not fake positivity but it's when you get the chance to embrace things that are really good you turn those up so for example yesterday um uh, we had the guy who'd just been awarded the best bus driver in the u uk and he's from brum and he beat everyone beat manchester london all the rest of it so you get him on and you and you embrace that because our region has smashed it so it's a guess it's a case of with, with, with all of this, you look for the good stories and yeah. the positive stories and the wins, and you amplify that.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's probably my biggest um, bugbear or frustration with the media in general yeah. is like, I do believe there are there are good stories everywhere. Yeah, there are. The, and we don't highlight the them. Success, and by the way, um, again, this is where I probably unpopular opinion. I go, in COVID, in lockdowns, there were success stories. No. Now, there, not saying that they were every, they weren't the norm, but they were there. Yeah. Um, and equally, there were a lot of people that found it really challenging. Uh, but that's the case always, yeah. regardless of COVID, Brexit, lockdowns, um, you know, cost of living. Any of these things, like there's always good stories, there's always not so good stories, and it's where where the focus goes. I guess my frustration is, I feel like it's ninety percent on the. Negative, it is, and like ten percent on the positive, and I'd like—I personally would like to see that more balanced. But then again, I'm probably not representative of the country as a whole. It's an interesting point
1: because the bad news sells. Yeah. Whenever there's a tragedy or something, everyone fl- and you look at the comments on mail online or whatever you
0: people pile in because well, people in seem day, to like it. And they're broadcasting to business. Yes. Like like you can come with all the positivity you want, but if no one tunes in, <laughs> exactly like you're right. getting shut down, you're getting fired, like you've got it's it's tough, isn't it? It's really tough.
1: It is. Have you heard um there, there's a bit I, I brought a book out a, a year or so back and in that book we talk about a thing called the Stockdale pa- paradox. Okay. Which is a brilliant example of it kind of helps us explain what we went through in the lockdowns, but it explains what we're doing now. He was a general and he was captured and tortured. And a lot of the people he was with died and they gave up and they lost hope. He, he maintained his composure throughout it and he escaped and he got out in the end. And he basically, he held his mindset and he was asked afterwards how he managed to to do it. And I, I I love this because it's effectively, and I can't remember the exact quote, but it's basically don't lose sight of the reality where you are, but also don't lose hope that things will get better and you will get through it. And I love that because it's not about, hey, everything's great. It's about no, it's really shit and it's tough and it's hard. And you need to embrace and accept that. But equally you need to have the hope and the trust that ultimately it will be all right, whilst embracing that it's pretty hard at the moment. And I just think that's a fantastic way of approaching quite a lot of things.
0: I, I agree. From a business owner's perspective, yeah. what, um, like you said, you know, things are tough right now, yeah. like globally. globally, uh, from a business owner's perspective, what is your current experience? What are you finding challenging, difficult? What's working right now in the agency? What would um, be useful for our <laughs> audience to hear that?
1: I'm a big believer in big brands are built in hard times. Um, yep. There's a lot of examples of that in the past. And basically in a recession, which I know we're not officially in, but it feels like we are, um, people stop spending. So the ones that increase their spend or maintain their spend increase a share of voice because the market isn't as congested. So so we're working with a few clients who are taking advantage of that at the moment and increasing their share of voice. But in terms of of where we're at, I mean, I guess it's just, again, I just like to break everything down into people. So if everyone is nervous on a human level, that's going to happen from a business point of view as well. And I think that's exactly it. What we're finding, and actually I'm speaking to a lot of other agencies and a lot of other brands, it's not that clients are saying no, they're just really slow with stuff so they're going i'm not saying no but oh i'm not quite sure what the next two months will be like we've got a cash flow issue let's just let's just slow it down but the issue is if everyone slows it down everything stops so that that's what we're finding is a bit of a of a challenge right now it's not that our clients are saying no that it's just it's just slower than than it, it's been for a long time but there are some what's really interesting is there are then clients who go, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. So we've yeah. had, I mean, I've just got off off a phone call now, which where we've just had a fantastic win that I wasn't sure we, we would get. So people- They're are, nice, aren't they? They're nice. They're nice surprises. They're nice like when them. you don't expect it as well. You're like, no, I don't think this is ours. And then you get a phone call, and it's all fine. So people are spending. And this is, I'm like you, I'm an optimist too. And there is opportunity, a huge opportunity out there. So it's not- do doom and gloom. You've just got to look harder and work, work harder. I think. I think that's it. It feels like you're working three times as hard to stay where you were,
0: which is fine if if you're okay to do that. And so, a lot of the companies or uh, the organisations you work with are kind of bigger brands. Are you finding that, that sales cycle slowing down yeah. is the main thing? Yeah. Are you seeing that um, with big brands and smaller yeah, companies alike?
1: Yes, and yeah, and cash flow seems to be an issue and cash flow is an issue for a small business obviously all the time but i think i've been a bit shocked by even some big brands are having the same really? yeah, yeah. The, the 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 same questions and everyone has to justify what they're spending which which, which again is why a, a data led approach to everything it's it's not a finger in the air it's it's okay you're spending this these are your clicks these are your results this is the audience that we've driven it's it's It goes into to that side I think as well yeah
0: um with the uh with the smaller companies in particular because yes. um I think most of our audience probably a small percentage would um, work with larger clients, yeah, a lot of them work with the smaller businesses like what I guess what I'm wondering is what are the best ways they can we can find to navigate that like how can we how can we best navigate the cash flow problem? And do you think that's do you think that's a knock on effect of COVID, bounce back loans, yeah, C bills? Like is it just that like that is running out? I don't know. Like, what's your view? It's, it's 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 an interesting one, isn't it? I
1: just think it's uh I mean, we've always tried to be fairly lean. Um and how many you got in your team? Well, we've got about 32 in our team now. Oh, wow. So but but lean as well in terms of we don't take a lot out of it. And it, it's about yeah. what is your business there for? And there's a book called The Infinite Game, which I love. Yes. And I'm sure you're a you're you're a fan as well. And it's about are you building something that will stand the test of time and that will be around for a long time? Therefore, it's not short term, it's not taking the cash out, it's not spending when you don't have to spend. It's about being quite prudent and being quite lean because you wanna be around for a long time. So I think, I think it's, it's that and being sensible and looking for who you can work with and collaborate. I think that, that's a big thing about where we are now as well and how you can share resources. I, it's, I think that's, that, that's where we're at. I mean, uh, but in terms of us, we've got a decent accountant who's old school. He used to run firms in the black country and and he's always a bit like it's a bit like it, unless it's in the bank you can't spend it so yeah. so a PO's in but it's not it, it's the old school way of doing things almost isn't it unless yeah. it's in the bank and you've paid tax on it and yeah. you've got enough to pay to pay the team for the next three three months don't bloody spend it
0: yeah which is a super conservative <laughs> approach yeah. but probably has like helped you like survive thrive. It over the last few years. Has, yeah. I, I'd love to say that I subscribe to that same <laughs> philosophy. That would be a lie. I, okay. Look, my, my um, tolerance for risk, I'd say, is pretty high. Yes. Um, my accountant would say that I'm crazy. And most of the team are like, I can't believe you're doing this. Um, but that's so why I've always been. Is that in
1: terms of investment or launching new things or? Everything. Everything. Um,
0: but, but like, yeah, I mean, investment in growth, in advertising, in yeah. speaker fees for people yeah. to come to our events. Like, I've always been quite aggressive, yeah. Um, but just always backed myself for that works, ourselves. yeah. Well, it does, and I do think that there's, I think your advice is good for the majority of people that maybe don't carry the same tolerance for risk <laughs> yes. that, that I do. And, and I think what I've read into what you just said is like, if the sales cycle is slower, yeah, you with your approach, Ed, can afford to wait, yes. If you have a less conservative, more aggressive approach, yes, you can't afford to wait, yes, I maybe, that. and that's where you end up with, you know, cash flow issues. So I do yes. think, I do think that, um, you know, depending on your personality style, depending on your risk profile, um, different approaches, hundred are advisable. But right now, I think you, you know, by the sounds of it, you've benefited massively from that that kind of more conservative approach. And
1: I think it also means because risk is hugely important, and if you don't take risks you don't do anything really. So risk is a big thing you need to factor in. But I always think if if the platform's there, you can take more risks. Mm. So it just it enables you. And I kind uh, of, you know, in terms of just to, to bring that back to an on air standpoint as well, there's always a plan for, for the show. If there wasn't a plan for the show, it would sound out of control. However, when there is a plan, you can spot something or you can get a text or a caller and you can do anything you want because you know there's a net underneath you that will catch you. And it's the same here. If you're run in an efficient way, you can take some risks and yeah. you should take some risks.
0: Who's the most interesting guest you've ever had on your show? Good question. Um,
1: probably Sir Paul McCartney. Oh, wow. Wow. Just a, a small
0: name A drop. small name Just a name small, dropped. insignificant name. Only one of the um, most famous musicians of all time.
1: Yeah, he did a gig at the um, at the arena in Brum a few yeah. years back, um, and we got the chance to interview him backstage ahead of his gig. And I, I remember this, and I tell this story a lot, because he's arguably one of the biggest stars in yeah. the world, yeah, right? Sure. He's just known across the world. And he was five minutes late for our interview, and he arrived by himself... No entourage yeah. and apologize for being late. And I'm like, no, you're the no, McConnell. No I would have waited yeah. here for all for all afternoon, kind of thing. And he was brilliant and he talked about anything. A lot of stars we get, um, you get a list from their their people about what you Demands. can and can't. Yeah. And what you can't ask him about this, but he was just like, and I actually said to him, Is there anything he went, no, fine? It's like, okay, you're you're pretty good. Ed Sheeran as well. We interviewed Ed Sheeran ahead of his gig in Brum. And and again. You normally you're ordinarily you're put in a room and then they bring these people to you and it's a process. Ed was just loose backstage with everyone else. He introduced himself. He was he's the nicest guy, no ego, no airs and graces. And it's like, okay, that's the reason you're successful, because yeah. you you're a grafter, obviously hugely gifted, mm-hmm. but just a really nice guy. And that's the thing. We're all human beings. Why? And again, I just I hate this. A lot of people have egos, and you need a bit of an ego to do what we do. But we're just people. We're all just people. And Ed's a person, and Paul, Paul McCartney. And it's nice that actually you can just interact with them and just
0: feel that it's a relaxed environment. What What's the biggest risk you've taken? We talked about taking risks, and um, and of course, you know, getting attention. Um, and so sometimes you need to be a bit disruptive. What's the biggest risk or risks you've taken? As a in, in in business or as a broadcast uh, let's do both
1: shall we um, okay in business in business it's probably just a decision to start a business yeah, is, yeah. it is a risk and I think all the entrepreneurs I know you've got a huge audience on this podcast, but everyone needs a pat on the back because it's it's hard, lonely, it's a lot of work, it's amazing and fun, but there are easier ways to make a living ways and actually to start a business is a risk. And to but, grow a business is a risk.
0: And by the way, for you, double, triple. Because, yeah. like, if you fail... Well, yes. Well, I have news. done. I have done. If I fail, yes. like, like, I'm not sure I would have took the risk if I'd have had the profile you've got at the start. Like, I was 25, 26 years of age, and right. I knew who I was. So I go, well, if I fail, it'll be like my friends and family that are going to know about it. Right. That'll probably be it. Um, you know, if you set up a business and it fails, like, that's news, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. You know. Well,
1: and it was. I had a business that that went bump a few right. years ago. And I was I was front, front page of all the press. Um, and it, it was hard, but it doesn't kill you. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other really interesting thing. When you go through really hard times, I've been bankrupt and all the rest of it. And it's part of and unless you go through that and you go, hang on, I've lost everything. but everything's still all right, and I've still got the ability to do things. It's it's quite empowering almost. And that's the other thing I'd say. Try things, and if you fail, who, who cares, actually? It's the people that don't try, that don't ever achieve anything. So as long as you're trying and taking risks, then that's what life is about, I think. And as you get older as well, you realize that no one really cares. Um, when, when you're young, you think I'll be judged by friends and family and the media, but no one really gives a shit because everyone's dealing with their own stuff. So. That I find quite empowering because it gives you the ability just to try stuff. Some bits will work, some bits won't. But in the grand scheme of things, in 100 years, we'll all be dead. So who cares? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's, I think that's quite a nice way of, of, of seeing it. Yeah, it is. It is. definitely <laughs> removes, <laughs> make, it, it makes it feel a lot more lighthearted yes. and a lot less serious. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what about risks in broadcasting? Yeah.
1: Um, Risks in broadcast, I, mean, I think it's
0: a good question. Um, I, don't, I think there's, like there's a get, a get, uh, obviously like getting someone like Sir Paul McCartney or Ed Sheeran like you know that's going to be a home run you're, yeah, going, you're yeah, going like, yeah, yeah. there's no way that's not going to increase your profile get more listeners yes exactly like, you know that's a home run um, what about some of the, the ones you're like oh I'm not sure this is going to go so well but I'm going to take the risk the anyway the
1: beautiful thing about being on air and I think about life actually is actually yes it's a risk but what if it goes wrong, what's the effect? In terms of being on air, the only thing that can cause you a problem really is if you or a guest says something that that they, they shouldn't. So you mitigate those risks. But apart from that, you have a guest on that, that you're not sure about and you try it and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But actually, the great thing about being, being on air is it doesn't, it doesn't have to go the way you think it will. Mm. So if you make a mistake or things go wrong or things don't go according to plan, that's still entertaining for the audience. Yeah, yeah, so actually, yeah. it's not about risk. As long as you're not saying anything that can get you into trouble with Ofcom, um, <laughs> it's kind of fine. And that gives you the ability just to try stuff. And the audience really like it when things go wrong. Yeah. And you look about peers morgan when he quit that's the most talked about bit of tv in the past few few years did he take take a risk in doing that i don't think so because it's just supercharged his career so i just think yeah the the
0: audience really enjoy it when it's not when it's not perfect um you're not from around here i'm not you've got you've got like no accent by the way which i'm very jealous of (laughs) because as much as i feel like i've lost it over the years. I've still got the Brummie accent. You have. Um, but that's a great that's, thing. It's yeah, a great well, thing. Well, it is, it is when you're in Birmingham, not so yeah. much when you're outside of Birmingham and people go, no, you shouldn't you it. Like that? It's good. Um, so uh, where, where are you from originally? Born in
1: Wales. Uh, yeah. Moved to Yorkshire when I was, I think, about eight, nine months old. So I was kind great. of born and, well, raised in Yorkshire. And then I've just, I've worked all over, but mainly in the north. So I was a student in Newcastle upon Tyne. And then uh, I worked in the northwest for a bit. But I've been in, the Midlands since 2000, so Ooh. a long time. And what boys is The Midlands? Was it Hart? A job? No, a uh, station called Mercia in Coventry. Okay. Yeah. So I got a job there, and I did, I think, about a year there, then a year at Beacon in Wolverhampton, and then Hart since 2002, and I've been there ever since.
0: Wow. Um, and I think I read somewhere that you actually started broadcasting from a very early age.
1: I did. I was 12 or 13, I think,
0: yeah. But what... what? led because because by the way, that, that in itself is quite a risk, isn't it? Like that's not take yeah, this the guess. right way. It's not normal it's not for normal. a twelve year old no. to go, you know what I think I wanna broadcast. I think I wanna do a radio show. Like what 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 made you want to do that?
1: Well it's about I think what what you're exposed to. So my mum at the time and still does um she did bits on the station in York.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so it was on it, it was on in the kitchen and we used to listen to mum on the radio, which was mind blowing. It's like, there's mum who takes me to school and she's now on air having a chat about food and home economics. And it's like, okay, mind blowing. And then I got the chance to go in and watch her and the radio environment blew my mind. And it still still does. It's not like a real world. It's not like work. Um, The station, whichever station it is, is piped round into every room of the building, including the loo. Um, it's fun. It's amazing. People act like kids. It's it's a it's a fantastic world. And I got the bug as a twelve year old, effectively. And then the station that Mum worked on ran a competition for a kid to go in and present like a what's on guide for Easter. So I entered it, and I ended up winning. So I was on air, I think every day in Easter holidays, doing like a Hey kids, here's here's what's on near you. Right. And again, I just I just I got the bug, and I'm and I'm still very humbled and amazed to still be on air all these years later and the other doors it opens because actually I think and as, as you'll find the ability to communicate is one of the best skills um, and I try and teach my kids that. It's like, okay, you can have all sorts of skills but if you can talk to someone yeah. and get them to see what you're saying and get them to buy into your vision or your dream, there's nothing you can't do.
0: What? Um, who were your... like? In your very early kind of broadcasting career, you were twelve years of age. um, Who did you really look up to? Who did you admire? Who were your heroes? I think Terry Wogan is the ultimate
1: radio presenter. I just think, again, because what your job on air is to talk to one person. Yeah. Um, Well, I believe it is. Not everyone thinks that, but I just think it's very intimate, and the medium is a personal one. So you should be talking to one person. So it's all about good, good morning. How are you? How are you feeling? It's supposed to be a relationship between two people. So I don't subscribe to the, hey, everyone, how's everyone doing? It's like, well, no, just talk to me. Um, And I think he was the master at that. He was the absolute master at it. Um, And he sets the bar so high. And I just think he can be held up as, as just, just intimate, warm, just a wonderful broadcaster.
0: Yeah, I think the, talking to one person rather than, hey, everyone. Yeah. Um, I learned that very early in my career, writing copy. Yes. So written communication, I, I feel the same, whether you're writing web copy yeah. or whether it's an email campaign, um, whether you're broadcasting. Like I think that, that mindset yeah. when you're creating content in whatever format it is, I think that's really valuable and useful for anybody who's creating content. And as, yeah. you, as you know, many of our... Uh, many of our clients or our listeners are going to be coaches, consultants, speakers, trainers, authors, agency owners themselves. So they are going to be communicating through various different media with an audience. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's great, great advice. It is.
1: How do you tell a story to make someone feel something? That's effectively what we're all doing.
0: Yeah, great. Right. Um, what are you most optimistic about or excited about right now? Just opportunities i think and i think you hit
1: upon it earlier on it's a mindset um and actually if you live in the moment and if you wake up and embrace where you're at and embrace the day and expect good things to happen yeah. then the chances are they will you know i sometimes struggle you wake up in the morning and you, and your head is full of things that aren't right or things that you've got to do things that aren't where you need them to be but actually the day's fine so you may as well start with a better mindset so that's something i'm i'm trying to really work hard on at the moment and it's just it's it's just that isn't it having having a positive outlook because there are still lots of things to look forward to. And actually, we're alive right now. The sun is out. Everything's feeling good. So try and, and I'm, I'm this isn't a preachy thing, I'm trying to do this.
0: Take that into the world mm. and see where that goes. Great advice. Where can people find out more about you? Obviously, they can listen to art. In, yes. in the West Midlands in Birmingham where can they uh, where can people find out more about you and the work you're doing with the agency etc where's the best place for them to follow all you all
1: online so uh, hdyagency.com online or I'm, I'm on all the platforms I'm, I'm really enjoying LinkedIn at the moment I okay. don't know about you I'm just getting a lot of
0: I'm, no I'm, it's not my primary platform why not just, I don't know I've just never really felt like it's never really felt home for me has it not nah, I don't know I don't know why um, I, I, I suppose it might also just be um, that you know I started using social media when Facebook was on the in the ascendancy and so yeah. that was always my go to yes. probably still is to an extent more so on Instagram now um, so LinkedIn would be a great place for LinkedIn to...
1: I'm there Instagram yeah. I'm not on TikTok well I am on TikTok but only to look I, I'm not a okay. TikToker what,
0: what's your Instagram handle <laughs>
1: uh, edjames underscore
0: okay Ed at Ed James underscore yeah. go check out Ed there. Thank you. Um listen, thank you so much for sitting in the other seat for yes, a game. Yes, yeah. i enjoyed it. interviewed rather than So thanks so much for coming in. Uh, it's been great to meet you and uh, I'm sure we'll hang out more. Likewise. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect. you.